Hi there, I'm Chris Gray, and this ad is brought to you by The Great Cast, a podcast centred around sport performance and health within Scotland, hosted by yours truly, Chris Gray. Come join me and a plethora of guests ranging from coaches, lifters, athletes, and even your average gym PT as we dive into their stories to see what drives them to do what they do. Sound interesting? Jump on that. The Great Cast, that's the G-R-A-Y-T cast. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. From the After 12 Podcast Network. It's one of the best feelings I think you can have in a band because we've absolutely experienced the, the, the polar opposite. We used to play football like a five-a-side, seven-a-side. Kind of maybe when we go back to that kind of time and everyone that played with us almost was in a band. And uh, that for me was, I think, the turning point in, in live shows and uh, crowds at live shows for us. I was thinking that, like, I think I probably know. the reason people people come to see us is because of the energy I put in, to be honest. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I don't think it's anything to do with anyone else. <laughs> I didn't like sound checking inside a stadium, like we know in the yeah. footballers, like, warm well, it's just, I don't know. I always remember that. I remember somebody took a picture of me and that's weird. I'm just kind of staring at the camera going, it's just absolutely crazy. Then just progressed. I was like, I'm going to maybe try and do this myself and see if it's possible. We started off small. Um, I remember booking the 13th note for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was seamless. Like, why, why are you not doing this? Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably the most important thing is to, is to enjoy the music you write together. First of all, guys, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate no it. No um, how are you guys feeling today? Very good. Oh, good. Lockdown, pretty well. Yes. The Bundesliga is back today, so I've been watching. Yes. Uh, football today, <laughs> which has been good. Ah, I've seen that, man. The Bundesliga is back today, and I've not been watching it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be That's great for everybody who's been trying the best. Because on, if right? it's if it's no the SPFL, I'm not interested. <laughs> so just to kick off guys obviously uh, we've got pj we've got ross if you guys want to just um introduce yourselves tell us about yourselves and uh your own sort of journey uh to forming cullen if that sort of makes sense i think that'd be a good wee place to start how did you get into the band yourselves uh pj if you want to kick us off man sure um we we've been in bands. Me and obviously Sean, who tried to come on a kidney, is my brother. And we've been in bands since we're in school together, and uh, <clears> just ever ever since. To be honest, um, we kind of just kind of messed about the you know kind of school bands, and you go for the the talent shows and all that sort of stuff, playing offspring covers and and whatnot. And then <clears> after we kind of left school, we just kind of kicked on a bit and started writing music together and. I had a few different guises of different bands and obviously we've been friends with, with Ross, Greg and Callum, the other three members of the band for a long time, decades. And just through Hooker by Crook we, we kind of formed the band, I think it was 12 years ago now, I think. Wow. So it's the same lineup for, for 12 years, right? So we changed things ever so slightly. Just before Ross joined, we wanted a different sort of dynamic. Um, so a few members changed. And Rose came in just to add that extra element of sort of keyboard and piano and stuff. So mm-hmm. Rose joined, I think it was twelve years ago, Ross, I think twelve or thirteen years ago, I think. Not that, yeah. They were just they were trying to get to the next level. You know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, <laughs> nobody else was available. <laughs> nobody else was available. So exactly. that's Ross. There was a whole it was like a kind of X Factor process and I I was the only one that turned up. I said, mm-hmm. Ross, there's a there's an opportunity to be in the band and all you need to pay me is eight hundred pounds. Where did I say? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's that's the history coming for for me. But I Ross can maybe elaborate on his. Oh, well, well, we we uh, been to me and Callum who joined the band kind of latterly. We me and Callum both joined at the same time, and um, we we went to see Callum many times. You know, at, at different pubs and things, and 
uh, different gigs and we, you know, we were friends with EJ and Sean and Greg that were in the band and we just got asked to, to be a part of it and it was, a, it was an opportunity we couldn't really miss, to be honest. And mm-hmm. you know, I could like to think we you know, added something a wee bit different, but it was, it, was, it was just the idea to be in a band with your friends. That was, that was the action of it, really. Looked at it almost like a kind of hobby, something you could do that would be a, a good laugh outside of other things in life, and just we grabbed it with both hands, me and me and Callum. So that's that's what happened about twelve years ago, and we've been together ever since. That's mad. That's that's a long time um, to to have all the same lineup as well. Kind of unheard of now, isn't it? To be honest, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, so are you guys, um, obviously you were saying, obviously you were friends that say the band, so is it just a case of like, these are all really that close out with the music that, so I think that really helps like, being I, together? I, I think, I mean, we are like, obviously me and Sean are brothers, sort of best mm. friends anyway. I didn't know that actually. Did you know? That's the thing. Ah. Um, but I think the rest is like, just even before Greg joined, we knew him from skateboarding, like so. Yeah. It's kind of sort of friends first, and then like we became a band after we had been friends with each other for years. So I don't know. I don't know any difference. It's hard to kind of talk about it. But like I, I know people who get band members by advertising, and like on Facebook. And remember, we used to practice in Berkeley. The people would leave their details up saying, you know, if you need a guitarist, yeah. I'm into this style of music, and that would just be totally alien to me because, like I said, we were all friends first, and then. Then the band came, so yeah, maybe I maybe I would just say that's that's probably the reason for the longevity of it. It's quite handy that you had loads of friends that played instruments to be able to form a band. So that was the, that was the bit I struggled with. <laughs> yeah, and like Russell, kind of touching that, is like all our friends were in bands when we were growing up mm-hmm. as well. You know, I mean, there was a lot of music, you know, like everyone, helped, yeah. everyone was in bands um, and sort of doing their own thing and enjoying it. We used to play football like a five aside, seven aside. Maybe when we go back to that kind of time, and everyone that played with us almost was in a band. Yeah. You know, they came from Cumnock or you know, locally, and everything. You know, and it was it's quite a strange thing when you think that two things in common. Mm-hmm. So it, it may be quite fortunate that way. You know, we know so many people that are quite, you know, and obviously not in our band, but are bands that are you know we think are good and you know been friends of ours for a long time. So it's it's, it's obviously a blessing in a way. So next question is sort of like take us into it, I suppose it'll, it'll tell us a wee bit more about the, the history or so of the band, but Cullen, um, where did the name Cullen come from? Um, it's probably probably Sean's. Um, I think basically the, the, the reason we wanted to change it up is we were a band and we had sort of different band members and in that moment where Callum and, and Ross joined was like a definitive, this is a new beginning type of thing, so we wanted a new name. Um in fact, no, I'm, I'm telling. I'm what telling you before then? I'm telling, telling lies. What am I talking about? Before, it was, before, it was, yeah, 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 it was coming before. Sorry, sorry. So basically, we, we came out. Uh, <laughs> it's just a fucking back it's my been that long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just trying to make people feel better. Ah, we changed it. Uh, new, new beginning. We just tried to make you feel better. <laughs> it's like that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where the um, the drugs just take away out of work. So that's him just kicking uh, himself at once. <laughs> So, yeah, we, we were in a band called Wake the Neighbours from School. Really cool name, obviously. And uh, after that, we had a few different band members join. And then we decided, like, we need a, we need a new name. And it's, it's basically just me and Sean are half Irish and we're interested in sort of Celtic mythology and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a, it's a name of a sort of kind of Celtic warrior. Um, there's fables and whatnot about the hounds of Cúcullin and all that stuff. So yeah, it's just a kind of interesting, strong name. Nothing really more than that. That's actually quite a cool wee history behind that name. Like, I, I did not realise that was what it stood for. That's really quite cool. Yeah, we're a cool band. <laughs> <laughs> just um, on the on the basis of interesting names, um, yes. one one of one of the things that that really stands out for me is that you again. This is probably going to answer a lot of my questions, but um, you've also got really interesting names for like some of your tracks. So. I'm just going to run a few by you, right? And I want you to tell me where the names came from. So, okay. first one is Brian Canyon. Brian Canyon? Bri- Brian where did Boy that Canyon. come from? Boy Brain- Canyon's brother. Brain Canyon, you mean? Oh, is it, oh sorry, is it? Brain Canyon. <laughs> Brian, Brian is, Canyon. Is it not spelled with a Y? No. What? <laughs> 
Brain Can- Brian Canyon sounds like a you know a. Uh, <laughs> I was questioning that myself. Bra- I was Bra- like, Bra- I'm, I'm, I've not come across Brian Canyon on it. Brian Canyon. Holy shit! I just check Spotify. Yeah, yeah. I've I've wrote that down way away. I, I read that I read that Brian Canyon, and I was like, I'm going to need to ask about that name. That sounds a bit like Ross. Uh, was Brian Canyon know your driving instructor? It was the guy that had. It was my driving instructor had serious piles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a cracker, man. In I that case, Brian Canyon. I think some serious moose knuckling. I was having piles. We need to change. We need to change the name of that now. Ross, I think right? you should. You should get merch for that. Brian Canyon. Brian, Brian Canyon. Canyon. It's just a thought of a driving instructor with piles. He's Brian Brothano's cousin. So Brain Canyon, Ross. Brain Canyon. Do you know what Brain Canyon's about, Ross? Well, I mean, I can hazard a guess, but it might not be right. That's the thing. I always just because <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it wasn't us that we didn't we didn't we didn't write that song. But that's a Sean Kelly. Special, special in it. You know, it was um, written by him. I think a wee while before we even recorded it. I think he, he wrote it Aye. a long time before that. But it was. Um, I always just thought Brain Canyon referred to the kind of onion between two different people's brain. You know, like two different people's points of view can be so large. My take or back. That's probably wrong. Like totally wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't not, know. What not, it means. As wrong as, uh, <laughs> not as wrong as the name that I had. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, it's actually quite interesting though that you that you've said that because like I I I to be honest that's that's like kind of similar as to how I interpreted it but if it yeah. did mean something else like it's something that I've spoke to about like um, other previous guests that, that that we've had on the show who are either into music or also like part of bands uh, and such is how different people interpret their songs in so many different ways um like. Every, like a song is personal to sort of like everyone so it's, it's quite interesting that, that you said that you're like actually I don't know but this is how I sort of interpret it it makes sense right, well, to we, me we never really sit down and say right guys this is the backstory behind this song like when what this means it's just like you know that, that, that it's the music that we talk about more than anything probably so the the kind of lyrics and the the backstory to the song is something that we interpret ourselves mm. even within the band yeah. so I mean that that, that would be my on it, but I generally, I wouldn't be surprised if it was completely the same for quite a lot of the songs, to be fair. That's mental because I actually thought that you would talk about that so that everyone's on like the same page and you know, like feel I don't know, like I am I am not a musical person, so what I imagine bands do is probably completely opposite of what bands do. But I would imagine like you tell the story of the song to get everyone on like the same sort of bandwidth, if that makes sense, to sort of like feel the song in the same way or whatever but you know that's just probably me watching too many american movies but that's how i would interpret it like that <laughs> <laughs> well, we do what we're talking about in terms of the music i mean that for us that's kind of almost the most important thing you know that that's mm-hmm. you know we, we sit and talk about that we, we talk to each other about what parts you know some people have ideas for different parts um that maybe that's not the instrument that they play and we, we all do that together and we come up with the song you know, and, and a way together, but in terms of the lyrics and what a song is ultimately about, it's a, um, you know, we've had conversations about this actually within the band quite recently. You know, I always mm-hmm. thought that song was about and it actually wasn't, it was something completely different. So it's not a, which I think is a good thing because lots of different people have different interpretations of what they think our songs are about and yeah, quite a yeah. good thing. I think that's 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 a good thing, and obviously, the, if if the songs are ambiguous, you know, it's a case of them reading into whatever. You know, it's it's their own personal experience. Or, oh, that reminds me of this. So this lyric is, you know, important because I remember something that happened. You know, that it's, uh, I can connect with. So I think mm. ambiguity is maybe maybe a kind of powerful presence in the music rather than yeah, writing yeah. a really literal song about. This is exactly how I felt when, you know, someone broke my heart or blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So what's, what's the other songs you've got there, Paul? I've, uh, I've got, uh, forgive my pronunciation, you've got, is it Aegis or Aegis? I've you know, just the exact same way <laughs> twice. <laughs> You're not doing very well. It's Aegis or Aegis? Aegis. Aegis. Like you're being ageist. Ross, you can take yeah. that one. I mean, I guess it, the, the whole song's about a kind of, you know, whatever interpretation you take out of it, it's like a kind of relationship between two people where 
impacts the other. So Aegis isn't mentioned anywhere in the song, but it represents, it's, it's like it's a word that they use nowadays. So if you were under the protection of like the UN, you would be under the Aegis of the UN. So it's like it's Zeus's protective shield. That's what that word means. And so it's like a title that represents the whole song in a sense. Right. That's what it means. But but like the song again and in terms of how, you know, who's who and who's, you know, who does what is a, is a kind of um, up to anyone's own interpretation interesting that is really quite cool and the, the the last title i had was avonium what like i briefly looked this up but can you uh, tell me more about that title um yeah so avonium is like the lost city in scotland where like um the the the, the kind of the, the mythology is it that's the place where the where kings were crowned in scotland right um and there is a, a kind of link to Irvin, where we are from, that it potentially may be um, Irvin. That is Evonium. That is the, oh, the, right. lost, the lost king. No of way. Yeah, it's pretty loosely based, but, you know, there's some sort of kind of attachment to it that, it, you know, it potentially might be. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so there's, the, there's a potential link of Irvin being the, the lost city in Scotland where kings were crowned. So we thought that was quite a... A cool subject to write a song about. That's Fast. mental. I have never heard of that before. Am I puff? That's definitely going to be fact or bullshit for a future episode. Like, that is... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so cool. Where, where did you come across that? Like, eh, I just read a lot of weird shit, man. Um, <laughs> I think just like we're, we're interested in like, uh, well, I, I'm saying we're all interested, but I, I think probably are. We're kind of interested where we're from in like the west of Scotland and. Mm-hmm. Irvine and Ayrshire is, is, is steeped in history. There's so much goes on here. But like me and Ross are working on another song just now about stuff that people would never realise unless you say, "Look, this actually happened here," and they're like, you know, can open their eyes a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So just steeped in history, and there's there's so much to kind of to draw from. I think, um, yeah. And that's I, I I thought it was a really cool idea mm-hmm. to to sing about your hometown being a place where kings were crowned in Scotland. I thought that was. Yeah, so ma- it makes sense. It all makes sense now. When I listen to the song, I'm like, "What the fuck do the lyrics even mean?" Like, <laughs> I'm just singing along, going, "I don't know what the fuck they mean." <laughs> but that makes sense now. <laughs> it's, it's probably the only real theme between all the songs. It's just that we don't do that kind of love, you know, heartbreak kind of lyric. It's always about something we we try and consider epic. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of theme, you know, in, in some way. And you know the lyrics can be about personal or or serious, but that's the, mm-hmm. the idea. It's not just it's not about kind of human relationship shit. You know, it's, it's about what we you know, big big things like the ancient capital of the Scots or um, Zeus's shield or something like that or, or Brian Canyon. You know, world yeah. five time world <laughs> champion <laughs> skater. You know. <laughs> Brian Canyon, love about Brian Canyon. To be love fair, it. that that to me now makes sense because when I was trying to like, you can't really pigeonhole like a band's sort of like let, let's call it theme, but like all your songs are like they do sound and it, it was the word I was kind of looking for, but they all do sound epic. You know what I mean? It's like it's like something you'd expect like in a like imagine a first person shooter, and it's like the height of mission you'd expect that kind of a song in the background just like getting you through like mm. like that's kind of like what the song sort of like that that's that's what i envision when i'm listening to to some of your songs because i'm just like oh like i'm, I'm up there as getting me buzzing like it gets you it's in that little, zone if that makes sense it is it's that's, epic that's, that's good to hear that's good to hear that's what we're, we're aiming for right, that's, okay. it. that's it you just you just need to get into a first person shooter now so uh, you just <laughs> need to just start emailing emailing games companies and, and just get in there I'm um, still playing I'm still playing FIFA FIFA 12 I think that's the, like, the game I, the only game oh, I like wow oh hey <laughs> To be fair, that's a class one. Uh, the reason why it's a class one is because you can still outrun defenders in FIFA 12, yeah, uh, which is which is a bonus. Uh, after FIFA 12, it was all, it was all downhill for there. Defenders just were too fast. Just just before we go off the off the topic, uh, your songs, guys. A question we've asked them uh, previously to other guests, but definitely one I want to get to get from you guys. What's your favourite song? Um, and the way we position this is: What's your favourite song of yours? Just standard. Imagine you're just in the car, you're streaming it. And one that Paul I would like to ask is, what's your favourite song to play live 
of your own music? Yeah, you want to go first, Russ? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question, isn't it? Because like, <laughs> if we were to ask you that, you'd, you'd probably have 20 songs, wouldn't you? That would be your favourite song ever in the car. Do you mean your um, favourite Cullen song, though? Yes. Of course. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that. that yeah. Oh, you mean the favourite Cullen song to play in the car? Mm. Yes. yes. So, I like, so what's your favourite song of yours oh, that you would listen to if you were just chilling? And then what's yeah. your favourite song to play live? I don't think I would chilling if I listened to any of our songs, to be honest. <laughs> I'd probably, like, I would say, like, genuinely, and I think it stands up really well, that in the first album, we, Brian, Brian Canyon, which is Brian Canyon, we, that, that song <laughs> just sounds, like, really good recorded. You know, it, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's one of these things that I don't think it was even mixed particularly, um, it wasn't overproduced. It was just, you know, all the kind of elements of the song that we recorded into it just sounded really, really good, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a good song to, to, to listen to live. It's um, probably one of my favourite songs to play live as well because it's received so well, especially when we go somewhere where no one's heard this before. It's quite mm-hmm. a, people seem to like it. You know, they, they like how it sounds. They like all the different musical parts in it. But probably the best song to play live is, is Salvation just because there's a, an end section in that song where... When we play it live, you know, when we played it live in the last five, six years, people sing it back to us. Yeah. Therefore, you know, it's, it's that, that's a good feeling. It's good when people sing mm. your songs back, you know. So that, that's probably the best song to play. But there's loads that enjoy playing live. Yeah. So that's like a song that you know will engage the, the crowd, that one. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. Yeah, no, it's it's just a, it's, it, that's good fun, isn't it? You know, when you, when you hear people singing a song of yours, is, is 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 just good, doesn't it? It just feels feels yeah. great. What about yourself, PJ? What's your favourite? Um, the it kind of changes to be honest with you. Like, uh, don't really have a a song that's like my favourite song that we've we've ever done. Uh, it kind of changes all the time, really. So, mm-hmm. I listened to Evonium today in the car for the first time, and uh, I don't really know months probably. Um, and when I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is probably my favourite song that we've done. But you know, in a couple of months' time, will be something totally different. At the moment, it's Evonium. I just uh, I think it's uh, there's something about it. There's something about yeah. it just just kind of gets me. And, and the album version of it is slightly different because we released that in I was between say, albums. That was like 2014 that first came out, and then you've done it again for the album. Is that right? Uh, no, no, it was 2017. Uh, right. came out. We done Reverie in fourteen, all Reverie. Ah, in 14. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. In two thousand seventeen, uh, we released Evonium just as a standoff, a standalone. Yeah. Sorry, just because it was in a lot of time in between the albums. Um, but the album version has got a kind of outro sort of um, section, which is which is really sort nice. of instrumental and kind of instrumental, quite ambient, yeah. isn't it? Ross with the with the good stuff there. Um, yeah, yeah. So at the moment, I think Evonium is probably my favourite. I just I think it I just I see the start starts and finishes and it's just mm. it's all so tightly knit, knitted together yeah i think um for me and it just there's a lot of different sections but they don't really seem kind of they, they, it flows really well that's what i'm trying to say it flows is really that your well. favorite to play live as well it's a good one to play live um can I, that's a hard question to answer actually <laughs> do, you know, do you know the song i enjoy playing live the most at the moment is aegis it's mm. it's like it's it's fast, so like there's a good energy to it. <laughs> it sounds bad. It's it's over quickly. I don't I don't say that in a, <laughs> a in a bad way, but it's like a, it's a good tight kind of compact song to sit yeah. in the to say. Uh, I've enjoyed playing ages um, over the last two years or whatever. Mm. A, a song I always go back to. I think we could all play it in our sleep. Is is all reverie, um, and I think that's a really good life song. I think that's yeah. like kind of wee. It's melodic and. For the first time, yeah, the first time, where was it we were playing? It was maybe the album launch. And people were singing all Reverie, like the verses of it. I know what Ross is saying, like at the end of Salvation, there's a very distinctive section where it's basically all just voices. Um, mm-hmm. There's minimal amount of music. But all Reverie, the verse is still a lot going on musically. It's quite sort of energetic, but I noticed people singing the verses. Um which to me was quite well, obviously humbling, but uh, yeah, yeah. In- interesting. So, all reveries is probably the the song I enjoy playing the most. Although mm-hmm. Aegis is is at the moment. 
Just um, just getting that like energy back for the crowd, like with them singing back like the words. Like how how much effect does that have on the performance overall? Like for you guys, like how does that sort of like make you feel on stage in a sense of right? You know, I know that you know you practice as a band like before the gig, but when you're on stage and you're in that moment and people are singing those like words back to you, does that like enhance your performance in any way? I think it's 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 one of the best feelings I think you can have in a band because we've absolutely experienced the the, the polar opposite. You know, when we were writing music and some of the music that people now sing to us, <laughs> sing back to us, sorry, has been played years and years before that and nobody yeah. really gave, gave, gave <laughs> any sort of kind of feedback or appreciation of it at all. Which is, mm. you know, fine. That's just the way things go. But then you hit a certain point and... Like I'm not saying like everyone in the crowd singing back to us, but even if it's five, ten, fifteen people, it's an amazing feeling. That is yeah. an amazing feeling. It's something that I never thought we'd experience. Never. When did you set that point? I I said that it done another an interview with a guy I know, Jamie McGeechan, mm. who is under the guise of Little Fires, a Scottish acoustic artist, a couple of weeks ago. It was a plug mm. for Jamie. Um and we played a gig, I think it was in 2013 at Broadcast, and it was right. a couple of, it was about half a year after the album came out, so people were sort of digesting it, and uh, it was sold out, and if you've been in Broadcast, like, it holds about 150. I quite like Broadcast. And that's that's the gig, I noticed a momentum shift. I don't know if yeah. Ross will agree with me on that, but people were singing, like, people wanted an encore, but, you know, it's just sort of stuff that we'd never really experienced before and uh, that for me was I think the turning point in, in live shows and uh, crowds at live shows for us Do you think you guys like started to draw in really big crowds because of like the way that you actually perform because you have such a high energy like a, I have Jesus like the amount of energy that comes off the stage with you guys is unbelievable um, PJ did like, like when, I, when I saw you guys like at one point you did you know jump off the stage and start getting amongst the crowd? Like that was, <laughs> that was like cool. I was just like, oh, what's this guy doing? He's not exactly he's not. But it was uh, so cool. Yeah. See, to be honest, I think everything like that comes with time. Comes with your own confidence and playing live mm-hmm. with each other, um, coming out your shell a wee bit more. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, encouragement, sort of like the bigger audience. I would never say that we we can get huge audiences, but in that sort of environment, hundred fifty to sort of 300 capacity venues we've done sort of quite well over the last few years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right so you do sort of feed off crowds but also there are moments where you're like this needs to get this needs to get kicked up a notch here because people are just maybe just need a kick up the ass so <laughs> some points some points it's because things are going so well and mm-hmm. some points you, I think you need to inject a wee bit of energy into folk mm-hmm. that's uh, how I feel about it um, the whole sort of Live experience for us, I don't, I don't know what you'd, you know, like, see before it, you're not going to say, I'm going to hold my guitar a certain way, or at this point in the music, I'm going to move a certain way. Nothing is choreographed or anything like that. It's literally just coming for your gut. So, in terms of what we do live or how we act on stage, it's, it's spur of the moment, it just happens. Uh, and there's nothing sort of predetermined about that for me, anyway. Um, but yeah, stage presence is a confidence thing that you get from being in a band, playing gigs for each other over countless years and and being comfortable with each other in terms of how tight we can be. And the tighter mm-hmm. you are, the better you feel and the better the gig is, the better performance, like, you know, mm-hmm. physically. That's how I, I would do it. I think many yes. of us would hopefully agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I just said. Yes, PJ. PJ. Ah, oh, PJ, yes. <laughs> Ross is Ross is Ross is sitting down. It's a shame for him. But, uh, I mean, I've seen that. You you're, you were on like the right hand side of the stage, just sitting, just like na 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 na. Just I was thinking that. Like I think probably away. the reason people people come to see us is because of the energy I put in. To be honest, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I don't think it's anything to do with anyone else. Has 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 at any time PG like if you've jumped off the stage or done that? Has is at any time where you've totally like you know like knackered yourself like playing like actually like playing like your piece on the guitar you've just been like ah, I've totally fucked it and you just <laughs> struggle to get it back see see the times where we really go for it it's a, a section where I can play it comfortably 
I'm not doing mm. that where there's there's difficult cycles because yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I can't play a guitar solo if my life depended on it, man. So <laughs> the 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 sections where we're going for it is because it's it's playable. It's playable. Nah, I thought okay. I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna ask me about injuries there. <laughs> Jumping off the stage and injuring me. <laughs> no, but that, I mean I mean you might as I well. I mean if you've got stories to share. <laughs> Nothing terrible. It's just, see when well, obviously there's five of us, right? Uh, and there's, I don't think there's any. I'm probably the, the smallest in the band, but I'm five eleven, so there's no like you know really small characters in their band. There's a lot of gear. There's a lot of there's a lot of gear kicking about. And when you play small venues, Calms hits me in the head with his bass. Obviously, um, I'm I'm standing on him, and like, yeah, the smaller yeah. venues, that's that's where you get sort of damage. So you get usually get clobbered clobbered by a bass then. That's yeah, usually been, how it goes. I've been hit, hit a few times with the, the old bass and whatnot. But at least you think that's right. maybe why bass players are the least favourite in the band. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I just want to clarify for all who's listening: when you say there's a lot of gear, you mean equipment. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mean cocaine. If that's what you're talking about, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to buy cocaine. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to clarify that. Eh? That talking about gear. I mean, some some people could could start drawing draw, draw uh, drawing conclusions here. So no, I just wanted to a, clarify. We're, we're, a, we're a clean living band. I'm, uh, I'm nine years sober. <laughs> <laughs> no, only nine of 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 the many years we've been together. <laughs> well, I'm all, I like I'm, it. I'm only ten years old, so it's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <then. laughs> Just um, just taking it right back to like when we were talking about live performances and stuff, and you know, stage presence coming with confidence. In the star, what's what's like the most embarrassing moment you've had on stage, like throughout your your long time? And if it's a couple, feel free yeah, to throw in a few. Could could be a couple. What's what's comes to mind, Ross? Probably the the most embarrassing. We we talked about it. It was maybe my I don't know second or third gig, something like that. We played. A gig in Glasgow with the UK subs. Now they're like a punk band, quite a kind of heavy punk band from when it was like seventies, eighties, something like that. And they still yeah. still played. You know, then they were, you know the kind of lead singer was still original. And a couple of band members were still original. They were doing a kind of tour, and we we were a support band for them. And one of the things about our sort of style of music is it's it, it doesn't really match up very well, you know, to lots of other kind of things. For whatever reason, we get put on this. A bill with this quite heavy punk band, and it's just the reaction was not great. <laughs> 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 I mean, the, the people that were there, I mean, every almost I would say every single person that was there to watch this band wore a leather jacket and had some kind of you know shaved kind of Mohican style haircut. Yeah, you know, they yeah. were very, oh, very, vi- yeah, they were visibly punk, so, you know, they Ooh. lived and breathed punk, you know, they weren't just like there to see a band that night they were, they were a big part of this sort of movement and you know it, it, it kind of like I mean it reminds me I think Prince supported the Rolling Stones in like 1980 or something like that and went up and played in front of you know the start uh, of them in, uh, in Dallas or something like that was you know in Texas and just got booed off the stage <laughs> because they're just not it's not like it's not what everybody's came to see everybody's came to yeah, see yeah. something completely different we didn't get booed, fortunately, you know, but it was, it was not, it, yeah, it, was, it just wasn't a very favourable reaction. So I don't think there's, there's genuinely not been anything in that, you know, which is good. Yeah, I think, stories? I, mean, I think I, that, that one was, uh, listen, we, because we're in the rock genre, right, but we don't sound, it's not like we're a metal band or a punk band or whatever, you know, we're not in that very sort of specific. It's, mm-hmm. It's hard for us to, or it has been difficult for us to take on bills where things go swimmingly, uh, genre-wise. So you end mm. up supporting metal bands and punk bands and, and some of the, the kind of audience sort of, I don't even really see interactions. It's been a bit frosty at times, but when you're younger and you, you want to play gigs in Glasgow, you take what you can get, man. There's no, uh, there's nothing like this, you know, I'm not going to play with that type of band because they're a different you're like I of course we'll take tickets you know of course I mean we've we've played we played King Touch 13 times and I you know we think we headlined it twice once for our album launch but apart from that we're supporting bands every of every shape and size and colour and it's just mm. it's, it's, a, it's a great it's a great uh, education um, I think when you play in bands 
and you see different bands and support them and see their attitude and how they approach things. But you know, it, I think that's probably the most sort of, you know, like the one that stands out. But obviously, played tons of gigs that are fucking empty and no one's there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but like it, always when that happened, we always just took the piss out of it. You know, like you start <laughs> jamming or you play a really old song and you couldn't do it right and. Nobody cared, you know, and you're like, Why? who cares? There's literally no one here. So, plenty of, we've had plenty of gigs with two men and a dog. I think we were all really keen to play that gig as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we it wasn't a gig we're not looking forward to. You were like, that was quite a big band and they were on tour and, uh, you know, we were keen to play it. Just, it, it just didn't turn out the yeah. you'd wanted to, but, you know, you, you, you live and learn. Yeah. It was at the bath life. Remember the bath life? That's right, yeah. The in Glasgow. And I, I'm right in saying, obviously, you mentioned King Tut's 13 times. You guys have played the Barrowlands and you've even played Celtic Park. Is that right? How did Celtic Park Park come about? Because that's huge. Well, I had a very successful youth career at Celtic. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Me and Sean went to Malawi in 2015, I think, with uh, the Celtic Foundation, just the Celtic charity, and we worked Mm. with Mary's Meals over there. Right. And so we came back and obviously made a lot of friends going over there, people connected to Celtic and whatnot, and uh, just talked to them and they said, listen, we're doing um, bands that are associated with the club, not in any official capacity or anything, but people that you know that support um, the football team, and we're doing gigs like just before uh, European nights. Uh, so I think it was the Europa League at the time. Mm-hmm. So we we played just before uh, Celtic. Rapid Vienna or something like that. Um, so I, that's yeah. that's how that came about. Just a connection, just through the Mary's meals and uh, going to Malawi with with the Celtic Foundation. How did you feel before that one? Fucking terrified, man! I was ab- <laughs> absolutely terrified. Absolutely yeah. terrified. It's an amazing experience, though. Like you never, never get that again. You never get that, that would have been a much sold at night as well, because like, we obviously night. it was before it, but like people, as you know, like these big European nights, it's a huge evening, so people yeah, get in yeah. the people get in the park really early. And uh, no, I was uh, listen, we're always really going to. It's something like well, I'll never forget. Obviously, the band around as well. Mm-hmm. That's your favourite uh, venue ever played? Is that right, Ross? Easily. I mean, what, I don't know what venue would be better. <laughs> and, and you, and you're clearly, a Kelly clearly fan. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a Kelly fan. I just like why it's like saying, "Oh well, we played, we played the Super Bowl one year." But you know, my favourite venue is King Touch. You know, you wouldn't do that. You would like City Park was amazing. Like it was, yeah, it was huge. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was, all, it was pretty full when we started playing. And by yeah. the time we finished playing, it, you know, it was it's packed. packed. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. it was incredible just to do that before a game. It was great. It's funny so you managed it, to draw we, a massive crowd. That's that's the year when you can say that. That's right. It was it was a fra- it was just a friendly or something. To nobody, nobody. <laughs> Do you know the, the experience I remember from that? Obviously, playing it, it just passed so quickly, so it was kind of like a blur. But um, the sound check. Remember the sound check, Ross? And we were going in, and the place was place was empty. Obviously, um, and the players were warming up, like from both both teams, and we, we were sound checking. Mm. It was just the most bizarre experience. I didn't like sound checking inside a stadium like we know in there yeah. footballers like warming up it's just I don't know I always remember that I remember somebody took a picture of me and that's weird I'm just kind of staring at the camera going this is absolutely crazy I heard the Leipzig yeah beyond BT Sport I think wouldn't it probably yeah I heard the Leipzig fans were singing you've only came to see the Cullen that uh, was yeah. <laughs> true <laughs> Just uh just before we move on to like uh, more about the albums, uh since conscious of time, uh just one th- one more thing I wanted to ask about gigs. Um I- am I right in saying that you guys organise sort of like the majority of your own gigs? Yep. So my my I guess my question for that is is um where, Why? where the hell? Well, that's one of them. Um, but also, where the hell do you even start with that? Like, I, I wouldn't even know, you know, like booking venues, promotion, getting bands on. Like, yeah. what made you go down that route? Do you know, just like over the years playing for promoters, and, you know, I, this is a personal thing for me as well. Like, hmm. this is how I feel about it. So, we we are not like a cool band, right? In, in terms of like a, within a scene or something like that. And hmm. I, I always thought that. 
certain bands and stuff got certain pre preferential treatment, okay? Which is, you know, listen, play the game, so we, we understand that. But, you know, I didn't feel like it was a sort of two-way street with, with certain promotion promotional companies and when we booked gigs, I felt like I was pestering them um, mm -hmm. to, to put up posters or to include our name on the poster or I would say, look, I'll, I'll get a poster designed for this and they'd be like, yeah, no problem. I remember sending posters that we got designed. I had paid a uh, graphic designer that we knew. Really good posters. I always like pride herself in her artwork and whatnot. Mm. And I remember sending them up to the venue, recorded delivery, someone got them and I got there and gone, missing. Nobody, you know, and it was sort of shrugging the shoulders. No idea what happened there. So it just sort of kind of started then, just progressed. And I was like, I'm going to maybe try and do this myself and see if it's possible. We started off small, um, I remember booking the 13th note for the first time. Mm -hmm. It was seamless. Like, why Why were you not doing this? You know, uh, and we can have control over the the lineup so we can put bands that people that come see us will enjoy. It'll be similar, you know, so there's no country rock band on followed by us, followed by whatever, you know, because you know the kind of genre mixes you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just became like a, an idea um, a couple of years ago, probably Sort of five six years ago now we just started putting on our own stuff but I, I think the, the nights go better because i believe they're promoted well so everyone gets equal sort of yeah promotion basically equal sort of kind of share of everything yeah i like to see i like to hope that the artwork is good people get excited about that they want to share it mm -hmm. like the the splits are fair like they're not you know in our favor or anything oh, like so someone someone's going to make money if they sell tickets but there's also none of this pay-to-play nonsense where there's pressure on you to sell tickets. I would ask you at the start, like, do you want to play? Like, we'd really like you to play. And what are you comfortable taking? I don't want to say, like, you're getting 100 tickets. And if you don't sell them, you're on first, you know? Because yeah, yeah. all that sort of shit goes on. So, yeah, just I just maybe try and kind of put our own spin on things. And it's worked quite well over the years. And the gigs mm -hmm. have been... The, the majority of gigs that we play in Glasgow are sold out. Fair enough, they're smaller venues. But... You know, there's more flexibility with people who, who operate the venues, and I've found them to be to be absolutely fine, and it's worked. I think it's worked quite quite well over the years. It's a bit of pressure, like, but you know, I think it, it it's worthwhile. I think in the end. So, would you recommend that to bands that are coming up? Listen, it's not for everyone because mm. there's there's headaches involved. I've had bands sort of pull out and all the rest of it, and you're never ever going to have like a perfect night. But yeah, I think you get better at it. You get better at it, and um, I don't know. I think. Maybe Ross will attest to this. There's, I think there's been a change in us playing in Glasgow since I, I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet, but since we started booking our own gigs. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it starts off with an idea, probably put into our heads by the F concert. You know, they don't like you to play a certain number of gigs in Glasgow uh, within a short space of time, you know, so enough people obviously come to the gig that you're going to be talking on. You think about it that way, you know. You so when if you just put on your own gigs and you do it, you know, spaced out in a you know a reasonable amount of time frame, then you're going to build a bigger crowd. It's going to be a better gig. Everyone's going to enjoy it more. Then more people are going to want to come back the next time. It just it just makes sense. Yeah, and obviously, Paul, you, you you're you're on the other end of it, Paul, because you've you're playing obviously Ambivis that have supported us mm -hmm. twice. So I'd hope. That use of having had a good experience like playing no, those, and I'm sure. To be sure, honest, sure you... mate, we we've had we've always had a great experience when we've been playing with you guys. Like everything, like whenever, like um, I know that the first gig that it was it was Toddy that took care of the organisation, and since then it's sort of shifted to me. And since then, like that that one there at the, the attic, like any questions I had, even when it was coming to merch and stuff, like getting all that sorted, like you were always just like boom there's a response to everything so it was, it was seamless and you're right when you were saying about you know ticket splits and and all the sort of things that go on in the the so the local scene and booking gigs like you're 100 right like and and you guys just avoid all of that do you know what i mean so yeah no i'd i'd i hold my hat off to you i'll give that give that five or later <laughs> <laughs> for someone who's on the outside i have absolutely no idea like how is that controversial that you organize all your own gigs how does it even work normally? It's not, it's not really controversial, man, but I just don't think that bands um, want the headache. Because, uh, listen, it is a headache because if you have, I mean, you've got, you've got higher costs, that's the first thing you need to sort out. So you need to pay a deposit first and foremost, right off the bat, it's a certain percentage of hiring that venue on that night. 
not going to go into the details because some of it is quite boring, mm-hmm. but it's a risk, okay? So, like, if you are not confident that you're going to sell a certain amount of tickets or that the band is that are, that are on are worthy of £10 a ticket or whatever, like, people need to look at pricings. That's what I'm saying. We're going to talk about it, but, like, mm-hmm. it, I run my own business and understand, like, you know, you know, the business of things and profits and the potential pitfalls of you know, just any sort of investment, and that's what a gig is. You're investing in the night, and it's months as a lead-up. But it can mm-hmm. go absolutely pear-shaped, and if you're not prepared for it to go pear-shaped, which a lot of people aren't, and I totally understand that, then it's a, it's a, it's a risk. So I, I, don't think, uh, I don't think it's for everyone. So just because just um, I'm conscious of time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly move on to a question I wanted to ask uh, before we move on to the game. So, um, So you guys have released two albums now. Uh, obviously, you got your self-titled one, and then the latest one, 2019. Um, and again, because my pronunciation's been off all night, I'll probably get this wrong as well. To be fair, so feel free to laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the the great. Is it Ecumen? Yeah, that's it. Yes, yeah, maybe I should yep. be getting a medal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how did the how did the the recording processes differ from from album one to two? Well, you know, I'll, I'll I'll tell you something right off and this is a precursor for me to introduce Ross to answer this question so this is just a wee deflection <laughs> this is just a def- this is a this is a this is a deflection I am absolutely hopeless on a technical level of music I know nothing about music I know that my guitar sounds good or it doesn't sound good that's about it so in regards to technicality and recording and mixing and mastering I'll let Ross answer this because I've not got a scooby. <laughs> well, I, I better say actually that, that Greg is the one, obviously, that he mixes everything that we do. He, he did it uh, in the first album and he did it even more kind of separate way, you know, song by song in the, the second album as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the, the big difference is, just, is experience. You know, you, there's, there's bands out there that can only record live, bands out there that can only record separately. Mm-hmm. And there's bands, you know, that, that do all kinds of things in, in ways, whereas you find out how you you work best to record and take pressure off yourself and and how much you need. Because, you, you know, we, we can't just afford to go away for three months to Nevada and, and, you know, come up with some album that we didn't have before we went there. You know, we've got to, you know, we write the songs and then go away to record yeah. and then decide, you know, try and do the best with that quite expensive time. So uh, I think that the second time you go away to do any recordings, you just you just know what worked best the first time round. You know what what's most important to be recorded there. What kind of things you can change later. What things you can't. And it just it just makes it an easier process. I think you know even though and what that allows for. I, I think in this second album we've done a lot more intricate, more complicated sort of things in a recording sense in terms of sound, in terms of things that are played, but easy to do those things because all the other stuff that was maybe slightly more difficult the first time just yeah you know, I think mm-hmm. that's the, that, the kind of generally speaking you can go in, into all the detail but to be honest I wouldn't even know much about the detail Greg Greg would be able to take you through it almost in a, a kind of nerd like basis you know he's, he's, he's heavily into it but I, I think that generally speaking I think that's the difference that we feel probably PG is the same you know that difference the second time because it's it's just very you know what works, you know what you need to do, you know what you don't need to do, and, and that, that helps a lot as well. Honour Greg Irish, honour the Carnia. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the Carnia. So just just a quick one off the back of that. Um, you mentioned obviously Greg does the, the mixing and the mastering, but do you guys record it all yourself as well? Or do you just go into like a studio to do that and, and take it from there? Well, we go away to record up to... Right. Uh, there's a place just outside Ardgour. Well, it's you know technically Ardgour. It's in the shadow of Ben Nevis, and it's it's an incredible place. Oh, wow. uh, Watercolor studios, and you know it's this big, huge live room. They record a lot of the Celtic Connection CDs up there, and uh, they do lots of things for lots of different types of bands. Maybe not rock bands like us, but that's what we enjoy about it. It's a place where you can go and you can hire the house next door, and you've got the whole recording studio next door to that. And think like things for me, really playing this big grand piano in this huge hall and it's all mic'd up perfectly is 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 a joy. And there's lots of places you can go and record, but nothing nowhere really with that sort of atmosphere and environment. So it, it, it makes it like a holiday when you go away to record. And PJ probably feel the same. 
Yeah, it's, it's definitely an atmosphere. There's a vibe about it, man. Because we we recorded and we recorded all Reverie in Chem Nineteen and uh, Blanta, mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. And listen, they've they've got incredible gear, and obviously the 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 artists that have recorded their Mogwai and all the rest. Of it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it sort of has its own history. For me, it just it, it was it's a wee bit stuffy, right? An art girl, like Ross is saying, it's at the foot of Ben Nevis. You go outside, you clear your head, you walk around, there's no phone signal. You're just like, mm-hmm. you're not interrupted at all. You're like, you're next door, you're living next door, you can go through and just hammer out an idea. It's, it's conducive to, to creativity, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we all feel that way as this environment is, is, is lending itself well to the music. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, there's no pressure. I mean, there is pressure when you record, but I, just, I think you just feel sort of, it's a freeing feeling being up at Argyle, man. I absolutely love it. It's uh, just enjoyable. I mean, I hope we go back soon. That's that yeah, band documentary went to happen. That's what I was thinking. You wouldn't be allowed to film it, man. Blair Witch Project. <laughs> <laughs> you ever just seen Event Horizon? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I, not like Event Horizon. I just have like a kind of, um, I suppose, like a, a closing question that, that I'd like to ask. Maybe, maybe Paul's got another question. I think he's talking about. If it does, then I apologise. But um, you, you guys, like from other bands that we've spoken to in the past, you guys are the ones with the longest sort of running time and, you know, the most like experience in that realm. So like looking back on it all, if there's anything that you could have done differently or anything you, you think you'd done wrong at a time that you felt that you could have done better, what sort of tips could you draw? to like pass on to like someone who's maybe say say I've come to you today and says I've got three guys and I want to start a band have you got any tips what would be like your sort of top tips for anyone who wants to get into music and you know see where the road leads them right obviously to start off with a cliche I mean everything has got us to this point mistakes and all okay mm. so I think you're going to make mistakes no matter what happens even if you get good advice or whatever um I would say write songs that you're happy with yourself instead of trying to uh, cater to a certain audience or because you want to copy a certain band. If you mm. like the songs, then it comes across when you perform um, and the audience will enjoy it um, because you're enjoying it. Um, that's just, I just think, I just try and be original. I know that's really, again, probably a cliche thing to say, but if you're enjoying the music that you write together, it will come across, I think. Loud and clear. Yeah, I like that. What about yourself, yeah. Ross? Is there anything that you could? Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't disagree. I think that you know, there's lots of things that have happened to us that are just we're quite fortunate with. Like we talked about earlier, you know, friends being in into music and everything. And, and from from my understand that 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 seems to be the biggest problem that a lot of musicians sort of face is just that who do I connect with? Who do I go and try and find with? of people that have that problem and we've never had that problem so uh, other than what PJ said I mean I, I wouldn't really even know what an answer to that would be yeah I, I, don't, I don't have any yeah I, th- I think that's probably the most important thing is, is to enjoy the music that you write together mm-hmm. rather than having and I think you know the freeing part of music is to, to not try and put yourself and you know within I don't know, to confine yourself into a certain space where you say, this is the only song where we need to try and write this type of song. Like, and just write whatever comes natural and, and enjoy yeah. it. And even if you're playing a gig to five people or ten people, just enjoy it. And mm-hmm. it, will, it will come across, honestly, rather than it's contrived. And I don't know. It's, yeah, just if, it's, if it comes natural to you and you've enjoyed writing it together with your friends, then I think you're winning. Mm-hmm. I like that. Makes That's sense. a very honest answer. I, I I really like that. It's very true. It's like you won't make mistakes, deal with it, but write songs that you enjoy. Absolutely. And as a young band, as a long a young band, you will make mistakes, and then you play gigs, and you make an asset, and you maybe play bad gigs. But go and play another gig. You know what I mean? Like it's not as if we've played every gig we've played has been perfect. You make mistakes, but you know the, the more you play, the more you enjoy it. And if your songs come from the heart and you enjoy them. It's going, to, it's going to come across to, to everyone listening and, and watching. I like it. Well, guys, I think that uh, unless Paul's got another question, Paul, you no, got I'm anything else? Ah, perfect. So obviously this was a, an episode that was a little bit more tight for time. So 
um, we weren't able to to delve much deeper past those topics. Um, but hopefully in the future, if you guys have got more time once we're back in the studio, and um, we can get you guys on. So um, just too. before we go on to have a wee bit of a laugh, <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. No worries, to Matt, thanks, you. Thanks, thanks for your time. Thanks for having us on, man. Um, but yes, as we say, to finish off, uh, we've got eight minutes to ram this one in. So let's get to it. <laughs> Easy enough. Like, Easy there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, you, no, you guys no, have got no, the gear, and I've got the aye, exactly. No, so, going to buy, uh, no, no, buy his dinner first. Ah, <laughs> uh, nah, 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 nah. That's yeah, that's, 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 that's the Chinese <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, t- the Chinese is near me are open, so I would be able to at least bring you one across. So, um, I mean, it may be a little bit a cold bit and cold, congeal, but, but, that's, all right. that's all right. As long as you can afford a microwave, you're totally fine. That's all right, <laughs> Right, lads. So we're going to play fact or bullshit. So the, basically, the aim of this game is to identify what the real fact is. All right. So hopefully, we can have a laugh for this. You guys are going to be competing against each other, so be ready. Right. I'm going to give you guys. Hopefully, I only need the three, but there's a fourth tiebreaker just in case. Uh, and if it ends up two-two, <laughs> then these are both champions. Right. So <laughs> I'm going to give you guys two facts, but one of these facts is clearly. Bullshit, and it's up to you to decide which it's one's a very fact intricate game. Uh, it's, it's, very, <laughs> okay. it's very complex, so I just want to make <laughs> okay. sure you guys are happy with the rules. Happy with that, man. <laughs> right, lads. So we're gonna get you guys to answer alternate. So PJ, you'll be the you'll be the one to answer first time round on this question. All right. Okay. No bother. And then Ross, you give your answer after PJ. All right. So lads, is it fact or is it bullshit? Okay. A apple pie was originated in America or B Scotland is home to the world's tallest hedge <laughs> who goes first PJ goes first uh, on this am, one am I, so, am I first yeah um, it's a strict question surely the apple pie one eh? so you're going with apple pie is the, the, the fact I'm, 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 I'm being lulled into a full sense of security here. I'm, I'm sh- I'm sh- I mean, uh, you know, as, as American as apple pie is the statement, but it just makes me doubt it. But now we'll go. Yeah, we'll go for apple pie. Yeah, you go for apple pie, Ross. Yeah, tell us your, your thoughts. PJ saying, saying that the apple pie is bullshit. Is that am, am I right? No, he's saying that's fact. No, that's fact. All right, that's fact. Uh, I'll just I'll, I'll go opposite just to make the game interesting. <laughs> I don't I don't really know. I mean that. That phrase, like he says, American is apple pie. There's got to be some bullshit around that. You're going with uh, Scotland is home to the world's tallest hedge. Yeah, even though I don't know where that could be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, Ross takes the lead on this one. Scotland is home to the world's tallest hedge, and it's not on anyone's mum. It is a real hedge. Where's apple pie from? I'll I'll tell you right now where apple pie is from. Usually I have the, the the secondary nature of this behind me. Apple pie is natively from Asia. What? Believe it or not. Oh, it's just like bagpipes. Bagpipes aren't Scottish. They came from Asia. Every, everything came from there. Everything's made in China. There's a reason for it. Even apple pie is made in China. China. But yes, Scotland China. is home to the world's tallest hedge. Uh, Paul was the one who actually found that fact for this week. So kudos to Paul. And he told me that the hedge, you said you didn't know where it was found, is... <laughs> it's located in <laughs> Michler on the A93. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Next time so you're, you're driving, driving on A93 between Perth and Blair Gowrie, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You'll see a very large hedge. <laughs> right, yo. So the second one, lads. Is it fact or is it bullshit? Is it A, the largest known living organism on Earth is a tree, or B, chameleons camouflage to hide from predators? Ross, you're the one to answer this one first. Um, I would say that... Tough, this one, this game is. Yeah, tough, is, I, mean, I, I would say that the fact is that chameleons camouflage to hide from predators. I'm just going to go for that. Cool. PJ? Uh, I'll just go against Ross. I'll go for the largest organism. <laughs> I'll like how we just encourage competition on this. As, as do, you know, do you know what? See next, see, see next time. I'm going to add in three. Just and, and like <laughs> this, this kind of everybody's, everybody's just hell bent on beating each other. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's one one. 
The largest known living organism on Earth is in fact a tree, and chameleons don't camouflage to hide from predators. Again, this is when I pose ones. Uh, the hide to regulate body temperature. Uh, the hide to regulate body temperature. <laughs> their camouflage is used to regulate body temperature. That's why they change their colours. Better interesting one like that. I don't know if I believe it's that. Way to communicate, apparently. Yeah. Really? <clears throat> I don't know. Is that how they, is that how they, they, they attract mates? They just go a different colour. What's your favourite colour, though? Purple. Ha <laughs> ha! Coming right up. <laughs> <laughs> right, yo, so the third one is 1 1 the new. So this one has to be the tiebreaker. So it's going to be the champion. I'm just going to decide which question I'll go for. Oh, I'm going to go for this one. So is it A, all UK swans are owned by the Queen? Or is it B, sumo wrestlers make babies cry for good luck? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! All the UK swans are owned by the Queen. And just to just to clear that up, um, sumo wrestlers uh, make baby cry to bestow good luck on the babies, not just to get good luck for themselves. Just to clear that one up, if that makes it any more believable. Hmm. Who who goes first here? Is it? So it's all back to PJ. I'll go for the the Queen. Just okay. just the Queen. Owns all the uh, <laughs> owns, yeah, all, own, owns all the swans in England. That's what I was going to go for as well. Like I would genuinely say that too, and I don't know if that helps the competition. But all the I'll, swans I'll just, in the UK are owned by the Queen. Yes, I'll go. I'll go for the opposite one then. Oh, right, lads. So now it's time for the final answer. The Queen doesn't own all of the swans in the UK, unfortunately. <sighs> She owns all of them in England and Wales, but not across Scotland and Northern Ireland. As Paul Antler pointed out to me today, they are independent swans. <laughs> but sumo wrestlers do make babies cry for some unknown reason. Good luck and stuff on both them and the baby. Don't know how that gives them it's good a, luck, to be honest. Just giving give it a great, it's a 400-year-old Japanese tradition that if a sumo wrestler can make your baby cry, it means that he or she will live a healthy and happy life. So there you go. Once again, I've had a very painful experience because of the Queen. It's a good way to end it. Colin talking about the Queen. Yeah, I don't even want to go into that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, lads, once again, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and well done for the champ this week. Well done. Yes. Yeah, you, you don't actually win we'll it. Yeah, I roll a toilet roll. Uh, well, total, thank you. Is it, two, is, it, is it two ply? Double ply? Oh, it's, it's Andrex. It's, it's the best of the best. Oh, best of the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and if you want to plug anything away, where can people find um, all your songs? Where can they listen to Colin, learn about you guys, hear about you guys? And what's sure. coming up next? <laughs> what's coming up next for anyone? Um <laughs> We're on, like, obviously, all the social media. So if you want to listen to the music, go to Bandcamp or Spotify or iTunes um, or a big cartel page, and you can buy a CD. Remember those? So, a CD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a coffee holder. Um, yeah. yeah. In terms of what's happening now, man, like, we're just, we're, we're writing just now. We're just, we're sending stuff back across, and I, we're working on a couple of, songs it's actually been quite productive funnily enough it bones is sort of two songs done uh, working in the third so hi there's just songs going back and forth and ideas and stuff so hopefully some as, as soon as we're allowed to we'll probably probably record maybe an ep or something can we expect any more stuff coming from the vault yeah we're just just trying to keep up sort of Stuff to post really, and uh, yeah, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. Like, there'd be a lot of people who haven't heard these songs because mm. we're you know recording in 2008 and nine. So, I think we'll get two more after this week to post. Nice. So, yeah, there's some for the next couple of weeks. Nice some, one, looking some, to old, nice. some, some old, some uh, old progressive covers. Perfect. And obviously, we're, we're going to be putting all your links and that down in the description of this episode. So for anyone who wants to listen to Cullen, uh, all the information will be down there. But if you're going to be searching them on Spotify straight after you've listened to this podcast, it's spelled C-U-L-A-N-N. That's Cullen. All right. Well, thanks very much, guys. Really appreciate oh. your time. It's been an absolute thanks pleasure. Thanks very much, um, so And what? if anyone wants to search your songs, uh, let's hope they never listen to Paul's pronunciations of them, because that was a disaster. <laughs> Brian Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm just going to keep calling it that. That's class. I think I'll start calling it that. <laughs> if you don't say that, the, the next gig will be upset. <laughs> next song, Brian Canyon. It's about driving a tractor with piles. <laughs> you should that's just cool. be. Re- I think, to be honest, you should just be retired now. I think that's, that's <laughs> it for Brian Canyon. <laughs> Aye, to be a, a retired driving instructor who had piles. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds like a good story. That could definitely make a good song. Just saying. <laughs> but yeah. Perfect, guys. Thanks very much. Right. Nice one. Cheers, um, guys. Okay. Bye, Mike. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. After 12 Podcast Network.